This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable! Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. The TalkSport fan network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. So the only thing left to say is, you in? Order now on the McDonald's app and you can also get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via the app at participating restaurants, 18 plus rewards registration required, points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. and welcome to episode seven of the Always Wolves Squadcast. Uh, it's going to be a cracker because we've got so much to talk about, looking back at what's happened, looking forward. And we've got our regular co-host here, Manny. How are you doing, Manny? I'm fine, thank you, Dave. Um, uh, good morning to you. A bit cloudy today, isn't it? It's been it quite is. nice and sunny the last few podcasts. <laughs> and I'm delighted to be joined by AIM or AIMS, whichever one you want to say when you uh, type back in the comments below. Um, a long-time Wolves fan. You might have seen AIMS on um, basically on the Good Look to Wolves and also on the last international fan reaction with the dad. And welcome to the uh, to, your, to your debut on the podcast. <laughs> Hello. I know. Very exciting. Very honoured to be asked. At the end of the last podcast, we did talk about we needed to get um, a female perspective and uh, we're really really glad that you've, you've uh, accepted the invitation to join us so fantastic we have got loads to talk about as I say we're going to be looking back um, at the last three fixtures what a start for Wolves and looking ahead to what could be but I think oh. before we do that Manny I don't know about you I think we need yeah. to know a little bit more about Amy for the uh, for the listeners and the viewers and uh, maybe you want to tell us a bit about the uh, how you got to be supporting Wolves and what your favourite ever game is, and can you remember your first ever game, Amy? <laughs> um, so I didn't really have much choice about supporting Wolves because of my dad. Yeah. So I was shoved in, I think, a Wolves dress when I was like two or three years old. There's video footage of me on like a trampoline, very young, in like this gold Wolves dress. Um, and I've got an older sister, so she was always allowed to go to football before I was. And I don't remember the actual game, but I remember going to Molyneux for the first time, I think because of my sister more than anything. And it was in 96, so I was four years old, and we lost against Port Vale. So I think it was probably a dreadful game. But anyway, I was hooked by, I think, maybe force at first, but then it obviously has become a true love of mine. And the first game that I probably properly remember was um, in 2003. I think when we beat Newcastle in the FA Cup, it was quite a oh, what a game! 
What a game. Yeah. <laughs> really, really remember that game. I think the atmosphere, because it was unexpected and just like the euphoria of Molyneux really got me on that game. It was freezing um, that night as well, was it? It was. I think it was a Sunday night. I think it was a Sunday night in January. It's the third round of the day, I think. It was absolutely freezing. <laughs> Um, and then I think my favourite game was got to be when we stayed up against Blackburn in 2011 and it was just like the last oh, day in the old yeah. North Bank and um, just the emotions of like half time. I was crying at half time because I thought we'd get relegated and I couldn't see a way out. And then the full time I was crying because we stayed up and God, it was just unbelievable. A roller coaster of a game if there ever were one. But we've been spoiled since, haven't we? Like the last few seasons, I think the Hurts from the early days has certainly made the latter days a lot, lot better. <laughs> oh, it's been amazing. Totally. That, that, that Blackburn game, uh, it was the weirdest game, like you say. I mean, I, I say when I sat, I was right in line with that Stephen Hunt, and it sort of like initially was going over and wide, and then it curled in. And then <laughs> there was that split second where you're like, and then you just, it was just ballistic. And the last two minutes, where the teams were tippy-tapping around because it Wolves yeah. scored, Blackburn were down. If Blackburn scored, Wolves were down. It was the weirdest ending, wasn't it, man? You're just hearing yeah, like, was... everyone around you with like the right people that got the radios on and you didn't know what to believe. And then, but when the goal went in, it was like everyone paused. It, I, I think what I think what happened was we basically we were three when you're three 0 down in the match, you're ready to throw your season ticket on the pitch, aren't you? You're absolutely disgusted, and it's like that's how you felt. So you went from yeah. that. And then straight up. Oh, it was a, it, it's certainly one of them games that do stick in your mind as a Wolves fan. The um, the relief at the end. I've never celebrated. Uh, I, I said this on so WhatsApp dinner yesterday. I mean, I've never celebrated a game so much that we've lost. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> Brilliant ones. That's a great one to uh, to start with, uh, Amy. Thank you very much for that. So obviously, we've waited a hundred days. Um, for a long time, we didn't know that the Premier League was going to get up and running. It's got up and running, and boy, how Wolves have got up and running. I mean, I mean, I think it was Kevin that predicted nine points. I went for seven because I thought I was a bit worried about the West Ham game being slow, and how we dominated that game and how we started was unbelievable. I mean, how are you, how are you thinking about? Have we done better than you expected? Um, I think so. I'm. Um genuinely very happy and kind of surprised by how we've come back because like you said I think we've all seen the first halves of pretty much every game have been quite slow as been getting in with it and I think the adjustment to no fans has obviously been quite hard for all of the players to deal with but Wolves just seem just so composed and just so I know Nuno always goes on about the organisation but genuinely like the best organisation that I've seen them and just so calm on the ball all the time but I think, and I know it's been said a lot on the telly, that because um, Wolves' season has been so long, like we're nearly a year into the one season, that I, I do think that the break and the time has probably really benefited them. I predicted seven points out of nine, at which I'd have been more than happy with a good start. But it's the fact that at no point in any of the games have we looked out of control, like we're on the ropes or are we hanging on? We've had the little periods where, you know, our goal's been threatened. But Rui Patricio, the guy's still on lockdown, isn't he? Let's be honest. He hasn't done nothing. He hasn't done nothing. He had that one save from Grealish. 
Yeah, but the thing is, he, he didn't do much just before we went into lockdown either. I think he's um, uh, we need to investigate Rui and, and see what he provides. The team <laughs> oh, with. I think the difference with <laughs> Willy Bolly, personally, I think. Yeah, Willy Bolly, that's yeah. what it's like having a new player again, wasn't it, it is, when yeah. he came back? Oh, huge. It's but seven, he's always eight and eight, seven and eight. Seven and eight. Isn't mm. he just never flustered, is he? He just doesn't care. Just just goes around just, his business, does what he wants, how he wants to do it. Even when he getting a booking off the referee, he was smiling at the referee. And, you know, <laughs> if you want to book me, here. go ahead and book me. So what? You know, he's got such what? ownership of that area of the pitch yeah. though, hasn't he? Like you go, if you was a striker on the other like they say about trial right, attacking, but you know, Bolly is very a very underrated player. I think that yeah. that back three in the Premiership, um, Bolly, Say, Cody, you just all the time. They're so consistent all the time. But against Villa, after twenty five minutes, it was almost like big kids going on a playground and shoving the little kids away and saying it's our turn now. And they ping the ball out, passed it around, and it was like. Shall we be bothered to score? Okay, we'll produce a nice little move. We'll score a goal, and that will be enough. Because you know, and it was honestly, it was so. I, I didn't feel. I didn't feel for the first time ever. I watched a derby match, and I, I wasn't like, oh no, are we going to hang on? And I tell you what, it was, it was really won me over because I was really for a long while. I was really worried about Saiz playing against the top teams uh, in defence. Yeah. and he just looks so solid there. The, the three of them at the back. Uh, but I do think that Bolly coming back has been has been the difference. I mean, I think we've kept one clean sheet in 22 without Bolly, with Bolly yeah. 78. He's yeah. just, he, he just gives that aura. He's got an aura about him, hasn't he? He has got an aura. And he just, I saw what, I think it was in the Villa game as well. It was like, he's a big lad and he just turned and glide past the Villa attacker as if he wasn't even there as well. He's so good on the ball. Um, he very rarely makes a mistake uh, as well. I was just mentioning that, you know, that he when he does make the rare mistake, he just doesn't care. He just carries on the same way. Other players would probably suffer during the match or the next match because they've made the mistake and the spotlight's on them and they think, oh, no, I can't make another mistake. But it doesn't bother him. It's like, yeah, I made a mistake, whatever, you know. Let's and I think it. that goes to show with the team as a whole because I think they so are such a team that, they're there for one another, and like, wait, if someone does make a mistake or slight slip up, right, right, that's it, lads, crack on, it doesn't matter. But I think previous Wolves teams and other teams like Villa, when they were they were all over the place in parts on um, Saturday, I really did think, and it just really showed that at the end as well, like the way that they reacted when they went off the pitch, they weren't united. And you think, you know, that's the difference, I think, that you see in Wolves these days. That uh, a greenish face when uh, when Dendon. Like. But the thing is, the cameraman, the cameraman's a definite Wolves fan, isn't he? I mean, he's just gone there. He's waited for that moment all his life. That cameraman, brilliant. It was absolutely brilliant. And the thing is, Amy's quite correct. We all said it when they spent 150 million quid or whatever it was on. 94 different bloody players that you've well, never heard the year before, it never worked for them either. We, we, we all said, How's that? how are you going to create unity? How are you going to create togetherness? How are you gonna... It's going to take a lot of hard work before you even go on to tactics and how we're going to play the game. And look what the end result is. Uh, disunited. They got Dean Smith in and was like their you know, dream manager, home book. And now they'd realise that he's completely... Probably, yeah, it was. Uh, it was he's, I think he's, I think but what he said about the match the other day, I read it, and you know, it was, he said that they matched more than match walls. I thought, 
were you watching a different game to half? Well, Wolverhampton, anyway. <laughs> I think the, yeah, the Villa game went very, it was almost like a mirror image of the Bournemouth game. I thought Villa came out determined to yeah. stop smother Wolves, the same as Bournemouth, to try and get at least a point. And if they can get, uh, mm. a, a, you know, a set play and get a goal off it, great. And they did a good job, I think, for the first 20, 25 minutes. And then the second yeah. half of the first half, Wolves kind of, went into second gear and then when we come out after the break it's like okay it's the second half now boys and we just um just, i mean the fear on the, the villa players when triori come on as well you know they look they're scared to death and he'd only been on the the pitch a minute or two and he made that run knocked it out to Jimenez who played that ball into Johnny Otto he, he did that turn didn't he on yeah. the was it McGinn yeah. Turn and then he was in the centre forward position to receive the ball from Jimenez, Brilliant and then, then that was he, he had a great game. I thought as well. I'll tell you, isn't it the one that we lost just before everything finished because it was Norwich he got injured, yeah, and I've know. always really rated Otto. He's consistent, always there, and you you never really notice in the game, but when he's not there, you do notice. He's him. built as well, isn't he? He's, yeah. he's a Spanish Dennis Irwin. He is seven out of ten every week. <laughs> That's who he is. Honestly, that's he's just... You know Annoying, what you're going to get. Great. <laughs> yeah, that's right, yeah. A lot of the talking points, we talked obviously clean sheets, the Raul and the Dharma combo. I think you might have mentioned this on social, Manu. Are yeah. they, like, in the top ten of all-time Premier League? They've, they've got ten, ten goals uh, combined between them, and the record is 13, Shearer and Sutton. And we all is remember Shearer and Sutton. Sorry? Is it 11? I think, isn't it? Yeah, well, they're a couple of goals away from the all-time record, which is, like, Shearer and Sutton are Premier League legends when they mm -hmm. were SAS, weren't they? They were the oh, famous yeah, yeah, that's right, the SAS. Yeah, and, and, and they were a proper duo. They were two proper strikers. So, Adama Traore ain't a striker. So, for a, a non-striker to do it with a striker, you know, it's, it's not a direct two-man partnership. Mm -hmm. And also, remember, how many times... They haven't actually played together or they haven't started games together. And, you know, it's uh, Shearer and Sutton probably played the whole season together. Um, and Nuno played the 3-5-2 positions, both away games, and then uh, Adama came on. And the goals against West Ham and Bournemouth, they were almost carbon copies. They were identical. They were, weren't they? But the header... You know, the first, first. I mean, uh, Imanez would have got so much stick if he missed the first one, but the oh, second like, goal, yeah. how he's got in, because both defenders are actually in good positions. They're in good really positions. Hard. They've both jumped, and he's got in between them both. And the power and the accuracy. The keeper has a, keeper's just like, what's happened? Where's the ball gone? You know, it's um, an amazing hitter. And I didn't think he had that type of ability. It'd be fantastic if they got another four goals and got that all-time record. That would say something. Well, yeah. it, it is already a massive statement because teams don't play in, in duos anymore. All those records, made of, most of them were from years ago. So yeah. it, those, those partnerships don't really develop because you're playing a fluid midfield and one up top. And, you know, so to, yeah. to do it in this environment. Partly with Wolves, though, as well, because obviously, you know, that's been the combo of the season. But yeah. There's still like a really good relationship between Jimenez and Jota, which I don't really yeah. think we've seen as much. It's still there because they obviously yeah. play so well yeah. together. But, you know, going on forward in the season, is that something in the next five games that can come out a bit more? 
Yeah. Well, I think that brings us on to the Jota thing that he tends to go through. Um, she did that well, didn't she? she I think she really yeah, did. Almost <laughs> a seamless link, that I mean. Jota, <laughs> he goes through these purple patches that he, you can see watching Jota play, and we love Jota. He hadn't really got that clear opening. The only one thing that was disappointing was that the keeper oh. did that throw and he and he snatched at it. And I think Jotru was on a scoring run and not so tense. Would have just stroked that in the net or took it down. Mm. And he, I was I think, really, I think Jotter think never does is stroke balls into the net. He don't. He just gives it everything, and uh, and that's a kind of strike he always tries to come up with. And I think it was a natural reaction, just to welly it as hard as he could, and not in the moment just realise. Oh. Afterwards, he realised he had more time than he thought. He yes. did. Yeah, I think it came so unexpected. Yeah. He just thought, "I've got to whack this," and then. You could kind of see it in his face, and we were screaming at the telly. I was have like, "Have you seen? Have you seen, the, have you seen the live? Have you seen the live? Listen live on BT Sports where they've done they've done captions of what the players are saying, and, it, <laughs> and they've done that one. Imagine. And it's all swear words from Yotta. It's just bleep, 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 <laughs> beep, beep, beep. beep. <laughs> I yeah, oh man, yeah. I mean, I, I think Jota will come. I mean, I, there's a few people on my streams and on the socials and. You know, on the comments on the thing saying we need to start Neto. I mean, that goal that Neto scored against uh, West Ham, what a goal. I mean, it's the off your seat goal. Hey, he nearly, he went, he, he should have topped it the next game. Against Bournemouth, he would have topped it. That's right. Away. <laughs> I saw a caption, how do you explain to someone he misses this and scores this? Uh, but that, again, he's like a mini jotter and he just ran through the defence. I think he should have just dropped the shoulder, set the keeper and then grounded him and just tapped it in the net. But again, it's just a little bit of inexperience, isn't it? What Neto, what Neto has got, he's got um, the surprise um, element to his game because he's unknown. He's unknown to us before this season. Probably unknown to a lot of Premier League defences and where Jota has built up a reputation. This season, Neto has... Let's let's be honest. We didn't know who he was. Neto and Jordo, two Mendes signings, twenty million quid. What are we doing? And he has surprised us, and maybe he's surprising a lot of uh, Premiership defenders because he's just gone on in the same season from when he first entered the pitch to just getting used to his surroundings. And and I think that goal, the goal that he didn't score against Liverpool. Oh, actually, harsh, actually, it's given him confidence, I think, because it's still given him coverage. Even like knees and everything sliding. Was, but, the thing, but the thing is, he still, he, because he had suddenly had coverage, because he missed a goal, he had actually more coverage, because everybody analysed it so much. Oh, how the hell has he... Has he uh, has got to change next season. It's he's gone on from that moment. In, and, and I think he's surprising. And that's where Jota, I think, when he first came, he had a lot of that surprise element. And, and he's actually... Jota is very highly respected by lots of other managers now. And he'll be but one he, of those players. But he and he'll have a long way to yeah. there. So, and it's up to Jota now to see that maybe you know he's being targeted and, and defended in a different way and, and to come up with a, a different method because you you know Jota likes to run with the ball and get his head down and go in and out and we pass the ball lay it off you know and there's a few occasions where he doesn't do that so maybe that's something that he's got to learn just whilst we're on who is your current favorite Wolves player at the moment oh god <laughs> 
I mean, it used to be like back in the day when there was like a star man or like someone that always did the business. It's always quite easy to answer, but yeah. <laughs> these days it's kind of. I think for me personally, I just think Jimenez is just it's just unstoppable, and I think it, like you said earlier about like that header he scored against Bournemouth, it's so pricky, but it just keeps coming back with more and more moves, more and more different ways to play. He can do everything. He can just do everything, and I think for that reason, I just think he's com- like just completely come into his prime in the last two years because he's not a young footballer. He's not old, but he's not a young footballer anymore. Really. So I, I do think, but then just the transformation of trial right this season. Like, I mean, I I apologise to myself for the amount of times that when you when you saw him coming on last year, you thought. Why is the donkey coming on again? Like, you literally had kind of... Wow, like, she's fierce. I never right. called him a donkey. <laughs> I, I did. I, I remember Burnley away last year and every ball he crossed in was awful. He used yeah. to fall down and instead of getting back up again, he would just, like, moan and, like, throw his toys out the pram. But, like, and then it, this season, you just... I actually... Me and my dad actually apologised to one another and apologised to him for being so, like, you know, while we're at the um, uh, talking about these wingers and these wide players, where where does somebody ask? Just a question. I know it's at the end, but we're talking about it. Where does Pedence fit in at Wolves? I, think, I mean, yeah. that is a good question because he's not like we've not seen much of him there, have we? No, like, no. How many minutes Espanol. of football have we seen? Was it Espanyol? We saw him. Yeah, he played him. Um, uh, he didn't he play. A bit, uh, he, the, well. he came on last half hour, didn't he? Was it away? Yeah. Yeah, away. But you, right now, you've got um, Jota Traore, Jimenez, 3 5 2, 3 5 4. If he plays three, the 3 4 3 system, three, four, you three. can see that yeah. both Neto and Pedence are both backups for Traore and Jota. That's the right. The 3 5 2 system, it's, if he plays that, it's like he's always mm. going to bring Neto on before Pedence, isn't he? Yeah, yeah. He is. but, I but think, the, yeah. the way he lines up with one or the other, it's very rare that he'd ever start with Pedence. It would have to be an injury or something, or a real loss of form. I tell you what, he's itching to go in Pedence. When he gets the chance, he's yeah. going to want to go right. He's got. He's so small. He's tiny, yeah. and he's got such a five foot five. I think. Yeah, he's yeah. smaller than Matinho, and he's five foot seven at football eleven. Yeah. <laughs> five foot five, and he. I don't know what rhymes with that, but still, maybe I'll get a song out of that. Some he will get his chance, um, and I think you've got. You know, for like as fans, like to think, you know, it's not a problem. It's a good problem to have, but to see how he could potentially get in the team and see how he changes things about, maybe mixes formations up, or you know, if there are those options, see what happens. So I think, I think really if five games in like something like sixteen days or something like that, I think you'll see Pedence because. They're gonna need to rest and rotate a little bit with um, with the fixtures that are coming up. So I think probably you, we will get to see him a little bit over the next few games. And if we pick up injuries as well, is a good one that we can just hope we don't get an injury to uh, to Jimenez because I don't yeah. even Jeff She can't replace Jimenez. All these rumours, I do start to worry me <laughs> about United and stuff. You know, no, we've uh, we've had covered it before, Amy, on the podcast, talking about you know players leaving or 
potentially. And, and let's be honest, we have to be realistic as well. Um, these players came to us because they left somewhere, didn't they? And yeah. opportunity is 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 what these players thrive on. And and if they're playing and they're successful and they're winning and and we're successful, then they will stay for longer. If we were bottom of the league last year, we wouldn't have had half the players this year. Would we? If we win the Champions League, either by qualification, which I think we will, or yeah. by winning the Europa League, will any one of those players want to leave? I don't think so. We'll no. again yeah. stepping up another level. And Wolves ain't going to let Jimenez go unless it's something ridiculous because we haven't even got a backup striker for Jimenez, let alone a replace. You can't replace him, can you? Well, you know what, Dave, we say you can't replace him, but we again, it was someone we didn't know about and we've been surprised by how brilliant he is. And, and there's somewhere you have a lot of faith in the backroom staff and in Nuno, in the players that he brings in and the way he coaches and develops them, that we, you know, Jimenez is great, but we could have somebody greater. Why not? You know? We have brought in a few other strikers recently. Um, what was yeah. it, Petroni? And, uh, yeah, we have. And then there was the, the other guy, and none of them have really made the grade, have they? Yeah, but you look at Campana, you know, he's a, he's a really young kid. It's like Dendonka, like other, like Triore. It takes time. Yeah. These guys ain't going to just jump on a pitch and score a hat trick. With some of them, you know, next year these guys might just, you know, totally well, flabbergasted. The team that we'll have if we make Champions League next year. Can you imagine the team if we? Because they look at and strengthen again. But um, one thing I just want to touch up. We have had one home game. Um, the fan mosaic, what Wolves have done. I saw when I saw that video that Wolves put out on uh, social, I was like, I was almost born to tears. I was so emotional with what they did. What, what, what? Uh, I mean, I got for the fan mosaic. I think most of us did. What did you think about it? What they've done? I think, like looking at all the stadiums, and obviously all clubs have all done different things. And I know, I mean, I'm not biased because I'm a Wolves fan, but I genuinely think that. The wall, what they've done with Molyneux compared to the other stadiums, comparing it to Chelsea, because we watched the Wolves game on Wednesday and the Chelsea City game on um, Thursday, it just looked incredible. Like it really that the mosaic with all the players and like the strength is in the wall, is in the pack and everything about it. I just thought it looked real, and I don't know whether it's because it's maybe a bit smaller, so they can do more with it. I but, think what yeah. I think what they do, Wolves, is they. And for years and years, they didn't have a support or liaison officer <clears throat> for, for, I mean, decades. They had nobody who interacted with the with the fans. So they, they created that position to, to get somebody to interact. So they basically, they went out and Ben Mortimer, we've seen his designs all season. And then Lobos Wolves, who have done the stickers for, okay, you know, they're awesome. brilliant. And, 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 and that's, that's the beauty when they engage with the fans. The fans have got the ideas. They'll, they'll tell you what we want and we'll all naturally be amazed by that rather than, you know, a lot of clubs have just done the same thing or it's been a little bit corporate or a lot of sponsorship involved. You actually look around the walls and you couldn't see any real sponsors' names or anything. That was, that was a good thing about it, Manny. And I thought Ben did an absolutely fantastic job in putting together the um, all the little pictures to create oh, that. Yeah. How he did it. Yeah. God, honestly, God, God no. There's an app for everything. And Low Ross Wolves. <laughs> oh, um, I should reveal the secret. I spoke to him about being on the um, on one of the um, the things. They like to stay 
they're like the Banksy of wolf, of, uh, of wolves. They are. He doesn't want a face. He just wants things to appear. It's kind of cool. Yeah, um, yeah. It was just great that Wolves took some of the fan art um, and incorporated it into design. And I'm with you on this all the way, Ames, is that I'm biased. And I try and say I'm not being biased, but my goodness me, I thought Wolves have done the best job with it. And for the reasons that, like we said, is how they've involved the fan art and the fans to make it happen. It was spectacular. Let's be honest, we've led on everything. We We started doing fireworks and light shows and... You go around every round and they're all doing the same thing now because, <laughs> you know, they've seen it yeah. happen at the Wolves. And, and I think Wolves always strive to do something a little bit different as well. So with, with this fan, fan mosaic, they probably saw what other people were doing in the cardboard cutouts and this and that. And they just came with this. That's what I love about Wolves. They like to be a little different. Yeah. And they're innovators. You know, and we and loads of fans that like when we started doing the fireworks and stuff, and it was like, oh, boy, and they're all copying it now, aren't yeah, they? Trying to create yeah. that experience. It's like, well, we did it first. It's you know, little old walls. It's just like I always think that the the match that like encapsulates all that for me, like the change in how like that the built the, because I have built the atmosphere and yes, um, yeah. the um the FA Cup match against Man United. That honestly, I've never, I've never felt anything like that going to a football match or anything in my years of going to the Wolves match. It was just every, every. That was before it kicked off. (laughs) Yeah, literally (laughs) every little thing just so right, and you just think it's just attention to detail. And I don't know if you watched it, but the second series of the Sunderland. Um, yeah. documentary on Netflix they like that was one of their big things is how to get the fans on board is like mimicking that atmosphere in stadium so and then and you just think I was watching it I was like well Wolves did that ages ago yeah. <laughs> that yeah, I think, and I think that's what Fosun are all about they do something they do it the best that they can possibly do it uh, it was well, you know like we went cashless and then they improving the menus and everything when they came, they were horrified. They were absolutely horrified that people were actually paying cash. They don't. They didn't understand that we actually had to get money out and pay for things because that that was, you know, they, they've actually what they've done now is, you know, the Wolves app. They've um. Uh, I don't know whether this was going to happen, but what they were going to happen was going to create a ring fence around Molyneux. So if you're on the Wolves app, as soon as you entered within this boundary, walking to Molyneux your app would ping and ask you to order your food and they want to just a geofence thing on the app yeah that's right that's what they're they're trying to develop uh, to move not not ahead of the times actually to normal times for the chinese community that was normal so than ever now with the the pandemic they want people to be paying on and ordering with pubs pandemic's just gonna I mean it's gonna change a lot of things but whenever we do go back to the morning and you know watching it at home is really weird and especially I don't know whether you felt the same but like that was the first home game that you've not really been to for so long and you it did make you a little bit sad in a way because you just all you wanted to do was be there and I just I said to my dad I was like I've I would never and I don't know whether you have ever watched a game at the Molyneux that is an actual game and there's no fans there and he was just like no and it, it was a bit of a surreal feeling. So to have yeah. the mosaics and to have all that, it did, as a fan watching it, it did make you feel a bit more yeah. intense yeah. watching it and felt like you were you there a little bit. Without sound, without crowd noise. 
Um, I've watched it. I've watched every game with the crowd noise, and I do actually quite like it because uh, the Olympiacos game that they played was without any. Yeah. It was horrible to watch. Yeah. So I think the crowd noise does does help I've a switched, little bit. I have switched between the two. Obviously, the crowd noise makes it more natural, especially when you're watching a more neutral game as well. You, you know, if you've switched onto another game, um, but it's really interesting um, how human these players are you know you expect all these wonderful uh, words and wisdom being transferred from each other but it's basically kick it clear it get it away let it, you know it's all the normal sunday league sort of you know um terminology that the players yeah, they're not supposed to be hugging when the school goals but that ain't worked out has it it's just <laughs> a natural emotion to do it Nuno at the end, giving them all a cuddle as they go off as yeah. well. He loves, so. it, he loves it. Nuno, he does. He, you know, he. I think he, he lives. That's the way he's with his players. You know, the affection he shows them is a big part in their development, and um, he shows that physically. And when he talks about them, um, you know, he's he's smiling. He's got a big smile on his face when he talks about I the love, development. I love of Nuno's smile. I do. It is a beamer, isn't it? When he smiles. Yeah. So just whilst, before we move on to the next game, it's, uh, Wolves have just put a tweet out to say that Molyneux stores uh, opening. I went yesterday, Dave. It was open yesterday. It's open, um, yeah. and um, but they're doing reduced hours, ten till four. They've put in loads of safety things, but it will not be open on a match day. So obviously, because they don't want fans congregating around the stadium, but uh, that's opened. So um, you know that's covered. The previous now we've got to kind of look ahead to the next five fixtures and i'm just going to um i mean we've got six left haven't we we've got six left but we're going to yeah. leave the chelsea one till the next podcast because we'll be looking ahead to the europa league as well hopefully then okay. so we've got wolves at home to arsenal sheffield away home to everton away at burnley we've got a great result last night and then home to palace so i'm just going to go down um and sort of see what we we think we can get out of all of these teams. Um, we've got a potential 15 points to play for. How many points do you think we can get out of the next 15? I know Kev was here, he'd probably go 15, but... He would, Kevin would say every single one. Yeah, he's he a, can uh, make arguments for us to win every single game. Well, that's all season, mate. All season, you can make arguments for Wolves to win every single game. <laughs> It's just the way they've been, haven't they? Let's be honest. I oh, think no. they've got an advantage over Arsenal in some respects because mm. Arsenal have not had a rest because uh, they've been playing the FA Cup. And the other thing is, with both Chelsea and Man United getting through in the FA Cup, it means that the FA Cup semis are played the final weekend before the final weekend of the sorry, the week before the final weekend of the season. So they're going to now have a midweek game between that fifth match and that sixth match. Know. And they're going to have no break, whereas Wolves have got a week break here. We've got to play five again. And we know we're used to playing regular football. Mm. We've been doing that. And then we've got a week break. But none of Arsenal, Man United or Chelsea, none of them are going to have, have had a rest. No. So I think that might play in our advantage for Arsenal. It might. It might not. Because obviously everyone's had three months off as well. So they, you know, they've got much bigger squads than us as well. They, they you know, so... We'll see how that pans out. Sometimes it can build confidence playing a lot of games, and if you, especially if you win them. So um, I think it's just going to be all on the day with a lot of a lot of the games. Um, looking at the five, five myself, you know, Arsenal. 
I feel more confident about that game than any of the others, believe it or not. I really just feel we're on the day on throughout the season, we're so much better than Arsenal. That's just well, yeah. Arsenal away, we got yeah. robbed of two yeah. points. Oh, it should have been yeah. 5 0 before half time. Oh, God, it should have been, shouldn't it? I remember that one. <laughs> yeah, Arsenal at home. I mean, you could argue that home and away doesn't really hold much of an advantage at the moment because I think on a match of the day, I can't remember what the stat was, but there was an unbelievable away matches considered to That's normal correct. one. Yes. Um, All around but, Europe, believe it or not. Yeah, but I think. Arsenal at home, I think, will be a Wolves win. I'll um, go for a Wolves win for that one as well. Yeah, I've and gone for a win. Three points. Sheffield away. Sheffield haven't yep. had a good a, that good a comeback, really. I think they've only got one point. Yeah, I think they've really suffered from the break because they had quite a bit of momentum. And also, the way Sheffield play at home, their crowd is so important. And I think it's affected them. I mean, they've dropped right down haven't they um mm. they're, they're, i mean people have been saying they're going to fall away all year it's not happened and i think the break has really hurt them more than, than most. the fact that they've lost a couple of games though and suffered sometimes makes it harder as well you know because i think um their manager is that type of manager he'll really really get them wound up as best as he can and i think it ain't oh, going to be an easy match <laughs> I knew that was going to happen at some point. <laughs> get the cat on yeah. for a second so we can get everyone to see. What's the cat's name? The cat. uh, Blossom. Blossom. She, uh, if you if you're listening on the uh, on the podcast, she's look at those eyes, Dave. Beautiful face. She's got golden black eyes. Little wolf. She's a beautiful, beautiful <laughs> cat. Um, um, so what we're saying for yeah. Sheffield then? I think we'll win. Three points. Yeah. Aims. I don't know. I think maybe a draw. I don't know. I just feel we're going to beat Sheffield. So I'm going to go with three. Be, that will make it five wins on the bounce after yeah. lockdown because we've said Arsenal. When Arsenal's did that ever happen five, five games straight? <laughs> In the Premier League. Has that ever happened? If we didn't concede as well. Um, yeah. Wolves are down to Everton. That's where I think we might. Um, uh, Everton have started well. They've actually come back well. They haven't conceded any goals either yet they're only that right? yeah they I think one was a nil nil they haven't conceded um Angelotti is a brilliant manager they got the right manager didn't they I mean he's like a born winner I think they'll be quite strong next year Everton, I really but... think that that will that will be I think it'll be a good game really good game they'll come out they're not going to just sit back or uh, they've got some expressive players and and I, in a way I'd Probably because we're not going to. Let's be honest. Are we going to win every single game? We can probably, but we're going to win all nine games. <laughs> we could, but I don't. Let's be, you know, I'd let's love, be realistic. I'd love it happened, but to be realistic, <laughs> yeah, I, I, that's where I think we'll drop points. So I've gone for a draw, which I would be happy with, considering we've won five on the bounce already. A draw wouldn't be a bad point against Everton. Hey, mate. I think I'm probably going to go for, in my head because of how awful the game was away at Everton at the start of the season. I do feel like we need to get one over on them. So um, I think I would love a win, but realism is probably going to be more likely to be a draw. But that being said, I just think if Wolves can turn up the gear that we know they can, because I don't even think we're seeing Wolves is even top gear yet. No. And I think that's the game where we are going to see it firstly. If they can bring that out, 
don't see why we couldn't win, win but sensible prediction probably a draw. Yeah, I, I feel that we, we, we could win it, but I've got a drop point somewhere. So even though I think we, we might beat them, I'm going to go with a, a draw as well. So The other thing you've got to consider is... Um, uh, the situation of the of the table. It's so hard. Nuno is like every other manager. Next game, that's all we concentrate on. But if if Chelsea have dropped points by then, you could already find yourself in fourth place, maybe. And if you find yourself in that situation, the gameplay becomes different. Your mentality becomes different because now you're there to be shot at. So that mm. will probably add. A lot to these games as well. The pressure. Oh, so it's going to be in, in, in immense. Yeah. And I mean, I'm looking forward to. I think Brighton, as we're recording this, I think Brighton can take points off United tonight. They're yeah, same. Resilience, and I think Chelsea are going to drop points soon. You know, they've got a young squad. They've gone through these things. I think they will. But saying that, you've got to say that probably Wolves will drop points. Yeah. So we've all gone through the floor against Everton. Just to be on yeah. the conservative, Burnley away. Burnley have got something to play for now as well. I've got. I've gone for another draw. I'm afraid. Um, I think it'll be nil-nil as well. Very tight. Typical Burn- Burnley. A really hard team to play against. They're the type of teams we find hard to play. They have their wide, direct. I know they've got a few injuries up front, but their shape and their formation. He doesn't normally change it. A bit like Nuno sticks to his his gameplay. And um, again, um, that will be where I think we lose points again so I'm going for another draw there. Ames? I'm going to go for a win just because I think they're going to they're going to play Burnley will play a dirty game not a dirty game but it'll be a gritty game it won't be a pleasant game to watch but I do think they'll bring trial ray on and it'll just flummox them I really think it'll just I don't think that team with how he's playing at the moment will be able to handle him but I don't think he'll start him. And then we've got, I'm going to go with a draw as well. Um, although, I, I, again, I can argue that we could win. But yeah. Um, Crystal Palace at home. Now, I'm thinking Palace were on a really good run until yeah. Liverpool. They were having, having this aspiration of going to Europe and they've lost again last night to Burnley. And I think it's kind of like Europe's gone for them now, really. I mean, in the you know, they've had that run and they've lost them. So I, I'm going to go with a win for that one. I don't think there'll be much for Crystal Palace to play for. And I think that'll give Wolves the edge. So I'm going to go for a win. So I'm going 11 points out of 15. Go on, Manny. Go on, Amy. You go next. <laughs> I think they're going to lose because I think they're going to lose one game. I think they're only going to lose one. But I just, when I looked at the fixtures for them coming back, I just, I've always thought they're going to lose against Crystal Palace. And I just, I think, like we said about them being in the position of Wolves, maybe in the position of Champions League then, and they might get a bit flustered. And then, like, because Palace have nothing to play for, probably, they might just come and they might just play. And I think it might get to Wolves. So I think that's the game that Wolves are going to lose, unfortunately. So how many points total is that for you? 11. Yeah, 11. Is it 11? I said, you no, 10. You've lost one, haven't you? So that's, isn't yeah. that 10? Yeah, you 10. Have wit- you beat well, you beat Arsenal. You, did you beat Sheffield United? No, I said draw Sheffield United. Draw Sheffield we... United, draw Everton and lose Crystal Palace. So, yeah, I was thinking 10 that's points. Eight, that's eight points so you've got two draws and a loss, so that's eight points in it. No, Burnley, Burnley away. What was that? Burnley, I said they'd win okay. away. So okay, you're so going you're, going for, you're going for eight. Yeah, you've got eight at that point. You eight. know what? Eight. 
yeah. I, I had eight as well. I think we're going to lose. Uh, that's why I said, Amy, you go first because I was going to. I thought <laughs> you Amy. You to see what I said. <laughs> you know, I was because I was saying, I'm going to say lose, so I'll, I'll get the positive one out of the way. She said to lose. I thought, bloody <laughs> Annie, I will remind you now. Well, how many points are we on at the moment? No, because what I'm thinking is, we still. This will be, this will set up the last game of the season, I think. And I think the last game of the season, and we don't want to talk about it too much, is going to yes. be the decider yeah. for the Champions yeah. League. I still think we'll be in it. I think we'll lose. We'll lo- I think my personal opinion is we're we're in a position to strike, and then we lose, and we think all hope is lost. But it's it goes to the last day. Um, it is consistent because you said 63 points on the uh, the last one, and if we do get eight points from this and beat Chelsea, yeah. that's 63 points. I went. I, I looked at them, and I looked at 11 points from the you know the six matches. Obviously, um, we're we're only looking at the first five, and um, we definitely. I can't see us going to you know, the last game and not needing more anything. Other than a win, and it all set. The last, I tell you what, the the, the, the last day is really interesting. Although we're going to come back to them the next past day. Villa have got to play West Ham. Oh, at West Ham. Have, yeah, Leicester, that, yeah. Leicester have got to play Man United on the last day. Yes. Yeah. And Wolves, yeah. I didn't <laughs> realise that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And Wolves have got. And Wolves have got. To, can you just imagine how much he's going to be right? Leicester, Man U, Wolves, and Chelsea. The three, the four teams are going to be probably, I would say, fighting for even third place on that day. Could even be. Because Leicester, Leicester are in free fall. I mean, if I was a Leicester fan right now, I'd be really. If they lose their next game, I think yeah. they're gone. And they're like a, I, I've put it as an analogy. They're like a runner that's coming off the last bend of a of a race round the bend, and they've been leading, and then the the, the chasing pack times it, and you see it so many times they come off the bend and yeah. past them, and they, they start to get leggy, don't they? Because they, they can feel. A tense up, it's human nature. But that's that's the thing that I just said. When you're there, when you're in that position, they were comfortably in third. They were comfortably sort of the third side behind the big two. Well, they were and, 12 points and, in front of and, us. And, and, and it takes a bit of the intensity away. Sometimes you think yeah. you made it and you think you're okay. Suddenly two games later, you've lost and they've won. and It's only a three-point gap. and, and it's. A but I think it's game. so good that we're in a position because that we've... If, you know, the situation and like playing behind closed doors. And it must be hard for the players to get in that game set mind frame. I think it's really good that there is something really good to work for still because it's the only thing that's really decided is obviously Liverpool have won champions, Man City will finish second and then yeah. Norwich have pretty much gone down. But the rest is kind of up and down. There's things up to play for within the league. Where do you think we're going to be sitting come after these five games? What position are we going to be sitting in the table? I've got I've got myself a point behind Chelsea. So you're going to think we're going to be uh, fifth? I've I've only compared it to Chelsea. I don't know where Leicester would be now. Whether this <laughs> we would be in third or fourth, and we'd both be celebrating. Maybe you know, I don't know. But um, I've just got ourselves a point behind Chelsea, needing to beat them to go above them. Uh, do you think we're going to make Champions League, Amy? Yeah, I do. I do. I don't want to say yeah because I feel like I'm tempting fate. I, <laughs> I really believe that this team, this team, its mentality of taking one game, they're so. And you know, the surprising thing, Dave, I was thinking this and I thought Chelsea at home, Chelsea, let's be honest, Chelsea are actually a very good side. Pulisic, Barkley, they've got some really, really good we ain't players. lost in London. Yeah, they have, we haven't lost in London. So I've actually got this 
wicked feeling that we're going to lose against Chelsea. <laughs> I've got a fit. I predict. I did a Premier League prediction. And we'll all be disappointed, but we'll still make the Champions had, League had, um, because we've got the Europa League to come, and we're going to win we could, that. We can make the Champions League. Can you see him fit? Yeah. Yeah, we'll know as well over the in the next um, week or so what what is happening with uh, with City. So, but we all think we're going to make it one way or another. Is that what we're thinking? I think my favourite way to make it would be by winning the Europa. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> yeah, oh, that would be amazing. And there is an op- there is a potential, isn't that, um, that if we did make the final, that there may be an opportunity for them to let some fans go to watch the final, like they're thinking of doing for the uh, FA Cup. So it depends on obviously the situation with this pandemic, and it's so unreliable, and it's going up and down, and people, you know, who knows? Well, that's the thing with Leicester because they're going back into lockdown. Are they going to allow Leicester to play? They have actually mentioned that they were saying, like, you know, what will the how how will they? I think well, they've they've been in lockdown anyway, haven't they? Before, and they've been playing because obviously the shop just opened. So I think if as long as that's in isolation and they're keeping isolation, I can't see why they wouldn't open. They wouldn't be able to play. Um, But yeah, positive, positive. Okay, so um, I don't know if you've had any mess any any, um, questions on Twitter, Manny, but I've had quite a few on Instagram. Go for it, Dave. The first one I'm going to read out is from Jack Harris. And we're going to go with Amy first on this one. It's um, like South Bank. <laughs> I was going to say, Jack Harris. <laughs> oh, sorry, Jake Harris. <laughs> 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 have, you got, have you got Stan Cullis next? <laughs> well, actually, I'm going to go with you first, Amy. Favourite Wolves chant? Um, oh, God. Well, of current times. Whatever. Uh, anytime you just says favourite Wolves chant. Do at the moment I do um I do like Matinho's chant at the moment yeah and the European chant with a few speeches in that uh just remind me of Barcelona forevermore but I think my favourite Wolves chant ever was the one about Alex Ray I oh, like I just there. remember that always he's yeah. got no hair but we don't care Alex Alex yeah. Ray I just yeah. always remember wow. that one I don't know why I loved it <laughs> absolute class Manny. Well, all our chants back when we first started were about Steve Ball and nobody else, you know. So they were like iconic, we'll drink, we'll drink, we'll drink to Stevie the King. You know, that was a real uh, popular one. But Nuno had a dream for me is just because it's like the whole project, isn't it? It's the project of him coming in. Every time you hear that, you know, and I know CC Nior is a really popular one now, but um, that's just... Liverpool, I've got to tell you, I've got a real problem with the singing C Senor. Same. I am not. I hate it as well. (laughs) You don't like it? No, I hate that Liverpool fans singing. I have Liverpool fans come up and leave comments saying, that's our chant, how dare you nick it? And I'm like, I try to be nice back and I go, actually, it came from Club America. Uh, where they all from from Latin America from the South America is where the chant came from, and your your one chant if we were singing walk never walk alone I could kind of get you but like come on but they get really upset about it so is that your season new now as a dream money new now I just you know what I don't I don't swear at a football match I swear at work 
I don't swear at a football match because my sons are there with me. I've never ever in my life swore in front of my children. No, I don't, I don't. Never ever. I don't swear at football matches either. So, so even a song that's got a swear word in it, you know, I'm like, like the Connor Cody one or whatever. I'm like, well, I'll sing it fully and then I'll be silent for that one word and then I'll carry on. It's like, like, it's like, it's it's like, our, it's like our anthem, yeah. isn't it, mate? It's our yeah, anthem. Yeah. No era. Well, I, I always wanted, what we always say at home, we always say with champs, who comes up with them? Like, is there a group in the South Bank that sit in a pub and then just write everything? Or just, I've always been football chat. Social media now. I, think, uh, <laughs> I love the uh, the Catroni one I did with the... Yeah. Oh, the pizza and the pasta. And um, when we were at Tottenham away and we started going... Oh, the Espanol did it. Oh, well, that was so... I don't know, it just... Because like, we were at Espanol away. Yeah. And we played that. We just adopted it, didn't we? <laughs> we did, yeah. And then they played it at the Brighton game when they came on from half time the week after, yeah. and then obviously everything stopped. So <laughs> they played it in recently in the clo behind closed doors game when we scored against um, when we scored against Bournemouth. Was it all? I did know. I didn't hear yeah. it. So yeah, because we were watching the crowd. So if you watched it without crowd noise, Wolves actually played it in the stadium. Yeah. Well, <laughs> after we scored. I don't know. I think but I do like the uh, the Matinho five for seven of football heaven. Yeah, I do like that one. So hopefully that's answered your question, Jake. Um, here's a good one. Uh, we'll go. I'm going to throw this one at you first, Manny. Yeah. Um, it's a, a yes no question. Uh, it's from Alistair Roberts, twenty three. And his question is: Who's oh, Harley Robertson? Then all the players are. <laughs> <laughs> Is Bolly better than Van Dyke? Is Bolly better than Van Dyke? No. Amy? I'd love to say yes, but no. <laughs> um, I, I, maybe in time he might be. Um, yeah. Yet to be proven, yet. But Van Dyke is some class defender. Having seen him. He's the play, best defender I've ever seen. Having seen him play and how he pushed Johnny. Never seen live. Johnny the ball and Johnny's built like this. He's very, very clever. Um, I've got a question here from one a friend of uh, of the show, uh, which we'll know. Spencer Palmer, ball boy at Wolves, uh, he sometimes appears on the uh, the fan reaction. Uh, he wants to know if always Wolves would think about organising a charity football match at Molyneux. Yeah, go for it. <laughs> would we be able to do that? That would be pretty cool. We could raise some money for um, dementia and. Um, we could have like um, a, a team of guests, you know. Yeah, <laughs> people have been on the podcast. Always, oh, you know what? Amy's playing up front with a five k time. It'll have to be a mixed team. Yeah, I was like, I can run quite quickly, but put ball in front of me. I Don't worry about that. People. We can lump. <laughs> all we've got to do is lump it up the field. You just chase it. Maybe I'll ask. Um, I'll ask Russell or something uh, whether or not in the close if we, if when it's possible if we could organise a charity match we can have an always Wolves team it's got to be a mixed team and then against whoever else we can yeah we'll look we'll look into it uh, Spencer and see what we can uh, because it'd be good to do and raise some money uh, and it'd be a good experience as well so uh, are you in Amy? Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm not very good at playing football. I always say I'm very good at watching it, but I'm not very good at playing it. But that's like every there. other fan. Don't worry about that. 
if we were good at playing it, we'd be on the pitch. <laughs> fantastic. So we'll, we'll look, that's a, a work in progress. We'll look at this one's an interesting one. I'm going to throw it at. Uh, I'm going to throw this one at you first, Amy. It's a bit of a left field one. Benji Adami. I think he might not be from England. He wants to know what. I uh, wants to see what's the best places to see in Wolverhampton. Um, <laughs> apart, apart from the Molyneux. <laughs> apart from the Molyneux, yeah. Uh, West Park's quite nice if you if you don't want to go to a pub. <laughs> Actually, it's been quite nice during the lockdown. It's been um, uh, quite serene and picturesque, believe it or not. <laughs> um, I mean, Molyneux is obviously the highlight. I think everyone would agree. I don't really know. <laughs> Manor? I'll go, you know what? I'll go for, you know, uh, have you been to Whittick Manor? Yeah. Whittick Manor is nice. It's really nice because it's got a history, a long history. Because the Manders, obviously the Manders family owned it. And they, they were born there. And they were our sponsors, weren't they? Uh, Manders and actually, there um, uh, uh, two of the the Manders sons were born to um, uh, to Indians from India, the princesses they were, and um, so it's got like a history, a link between um, India and um, and um, and Wolverhampton from centuries ago. And then we've got here. Oh, this is um, a good one from B North Coops. Do you think some? Pundits and journalists don't realise the ambition and potential of Foson. Yes, because this is what annoys me sometimes. Is there is it was match of the day, first match of the season. Wolves beat West Ham. Wolves are in sixth possession, fighting for Champions League league place. They talk about Bournemouth, and then they say they've got Wolves, they've got someone else, and then they've got a really tough run. And you think. Why are Wolves not, not included not. in that tough run? And I think that it's still, because Wolves are kind of so new to it, that pundits don't realise the bigger picture or realise just that Wolves are actually there now. And I think, you know, I can't believe it sometimes as a fan, but I think pundits that meant to be neutrals should really kind of take note of what is going on at Wolves. And I think sometimes they just don't. I agree. Mane? <laughs> A lot, a lot of the pundits are from the traditional top six clubs, you know, like the Mersons and Nevilles, the Carriers, and you know, they're traditionally big, big clubs, and, and we've always had this big six. And if you look at it, even Leicester, Leicester won the title. They won, the, they became champions of England. They're in third place. I don't think they get as much credit as they should for what they've achieved over the years. And they had to, they won it and still don't get, you know, it was just, oh yeah, Leicester won it as well. You know, I, and, uh, I think it's just a mentality. And until you get some, get Matt Murray sitting in match of the day chair, and then he'll give you some credit. <laughs> I've, got to, I've got to admit, it, it does wind me up a lot when you listen to BBC and Sky and BT Sports a lot of the time. And they talk about, um, like, I think Tottenham won a game. Yeah. You know, oh, they're now so many points behind. We're on the same points as Man U, and they're like, you're they're only three points behind Man United, or and or they talk about things coming up, and they seem to skip Wolves, and it's like, it's like, do you not realise like where? I tell you what was refreshing. Like, yeah. Refreshing was um, uh, uh, Glenn Hoddle because obviously he had the link to us, and he tried yeah. to play this type of system. It's just yeah. he didn't have the players to play it. He didn't have, you know, he didn't have the team. To play, and he he always believed in three five two and and uh, five at the back and defence to attack, 
and he he was like it was like his dream watching Wolves. He called yeah. Wolves uh, the best side he's seen for decades. He said playing this system. Yeah, he was he got it spot on, and he talked about Wolves a lot in that commentary and about how, how they're built and how. I think at one stage somebody even said, um, "Why would it?" Was it Joe Cole even said, "Why would anybody want to leave Wolves at this yeah, time?" Why would the players? He did say that. But they are. There's good ones who are starting to now realise that. I think it's a, it's a gradual process. I think the first year, last year, it was like lucky Wolves first season, and I think most of us at the start of this season when we had the Europa League. I don't know about you, Aim. Uh, I've and Manny talked about this, but. I was kind of like, we have a good Europa League run and we're kind of finished top off. Mm. That would be with the games. And, and, and then we're, here we are, six matches from the end of the season. We've still got the Europa League to play. And we're, we're fifth, three mm. points off third. We could even yeah. get third. It's, it's, it's unbelievable, really. So next question. Um, Jack Brock Nye, go Manny first. Where do you yep. sit in Molyneux? I'm in J10, which is like... Which stands J10? Mate, it's a stand on its own, J10. How <laughs> come you don't know about J10? It's in the Steve Ball. That's right, yeah. It's right by the South Bank. We can't really see the South Bank from where we are because of the screen. It's in the way and the angle. We're right tucked up in the corner room and it's at, we're, we're a stadium on our own, we are. So the Billy Wright's got to be... be Fair to play to the Billy, yeah. They used to call it the Billy Choir. You do get uh, a lot more singing from the Billy Wright these days. So, J10, it's all down to them. Hey, what about you, Anne? I'm North Bankle fan. So, I was in the family enclosure for when I was younger, and then we made the switch to the Stankleist. But I've, I love watching football from behind the goal. I hate watching it from the side. Don't ask me why. I just love watching it from behind the goal. And so, for me, it was like, I don't. I sit down because I'm only five foot two. <laughs> Sometimes everyone stands up when you're in a way day. Everyone stands up. I'm like, oh, for God's sake, can't see anything. So yeah. I always sit down. But, um, but yeah, I just love the North Bank. Always, always have done, and don't don't like to sit anywhere else. Really. Well, I'm you stay, Amy, do you stay till the end? <laughs> I've, I've never left a match a second early. Neither right. I'm a North Banker as well, Ames. Yeah, you're holding up the reputation of the North Bank. <laughs> quite low down to the right of the, the goal is where I sit down. So I do like watching it from the, uh, behind the goal as well. Always never will leave a match until the final whistle has gone, ever. Because you no know Sheffield United at home in the champion, probably around just before Amy started going. And we were 2 0 down. My dad always says this. This is the reason my dad always says he never leaves. This is the reason I never leave. Exactly the same. We're 2 0 down. It's absolute rubbish, match. We're playing awful. And you're looking around and you're the only one left. I swear there was about 3,000 left. It was like 20,000 in the stadium. There was about, there's nobody. You had the stand to yourself. And then we had a penalty. Had penalty in injury time where we always scored the penalty. And then last second of injury time, we scored a header under the post. And we're going mental, going absolutely ballistic. But there's no one to hug. There's no one to jump on <laughs> because everyone's left. You know, and then we drew the match to all. And I walked, in, I remember walking all the way home. I walked all the way home, something like five miles, absolutely bounding and jumping. And there was other Wolves fans I met along the way that were really unhappy and disappointed. <laughs> 
you know, you know they've got this feeling because you left. You left her and they yeah. I'll never leave her. <laughs> that's the reason, that's the exact guy my dad always says. But yeah. the, it, you'll never believe this. Obviously, in the North Bank, Man City, the game this year, people were walking past me yeah. that oh. game. Yeah, and I was like, what 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 are you doing? I was like, literally, could not believe people were leaving that I, game I early. People want to leave to get away from the ground and the traffic, but never left it. I remember people people left at half time. Remember that Leicester match when we were three 0 down at half time. People left at half time, and I was joking at half time, going, "We're going to win four three And I think yeah. it was after twenty minutes, we were level, and then um, yeah. you popped up, didn't you, with that goal? But I mean, you know. The answer to that question is, you know where we are now. Um, <laughs> we've, got it, we've got it covered. Um, there's, a, there's one other one. This is from a Palace oh. fan. Quick, quick answer, Jordan, Crystal Palace fan, a uh, big fan of the podcast and um, on the channel. Would you take Hennessy, Wayne Hennessy back from us, yes or no? No. Oh, no. No. <laughs> um, we've moved on. We've moved on. We're shopping at Harrods now, we're not sure. We are. And the last one, I'm sorry if I haven't picked your question, I know there's quite a few, some are duplicated. Uh, Chloe Wally's message to say, looking ahead, how do you think we will do next season? <laughs> I'm like, I'm like, I don't even want to think about it because no, at this moment in time, I don't even know what's going to Semi finals of the Champions League, winning the FA Cup, runners up of the Premier League. You know, what, you know what we really need? What we really need to cap off this time we're having and to, and to move us in is, you know, we missed that last year. The hardest time was the semi final, oh, not getting into that final. And we had a chance. We had a chance. We know we had a chance. I don't care how good City were. We had a chance that day, that year, if we'd have got through. And to have something, you know, some silvery thing in Nuno's. That's the thing that will keep Nuno. That's the thing that will keep the players and get better. What, Nuno it. wants to win the FA Cup. I think he, he, he wants really, to. I think, and, he, and I think, I think it, it hit him really hard. Um, it took, I think it hit him really hard. It was so that's good. why. Uh, well, like Amy said it would be so much more magical if we won the Europa League and we sort of didn't qualify through the league. The dream scenario because it would make the, the players uh, ten days rest and come out really hungry to make sure we win the Europa League rather than think, oh, we're already in the Champions League and maybe take it too easy and not, you know, that's a dream scenario. So, yeah, so that's obviously, thanks for all those questions. Um, Amy, have you enjoyed your first podcast? Yeah, it's been very good. Thank you. you come back again? <laughs> if you'll have me back. <laughs> well, we definitely will. You've been really, it's been great having you on, actually. <laughs> um, so, thanks for everyone that's contributed. Um, if you're listening to this on um, on your iTunes or Spotify, leave us a five-star review. If you're watching it back on uh, my YouTube channel, leave a comment below. Let me know, do you want to get us to get Amy back on again in the comments or the things as well? Let us know on that. Amy, um, what are your socials if anyone wants to find you on social media? Um, I just use Instagram, really. So it's Amy Hads on Instagram. And Manny? Yeah, um, at Pedal Sing on Twitter is mainly what I use on Facebook and Instagram as well. So um, hopefully we'll try and do another end of season, it's most of Saturday version eight, I think it will be or seven. Yeah, that would be amazing. We will come back as well uh, after the uh, the next match. So hopefully we'll have some news on your next one. Um, yeah. And, and also on the, what's happening with the Europa League, 
and the Olympiacos tie, and also if Man City have been kicked out. My, uh, you can find me on YouTube, um, Instagram, and Twitter. I just search Dazzling Dave, and uh, there is now an Always Wolves Facebook page which you can like um, as well. And it's just been absolute joy to be able to talk. And hopefully, in two weeks' time, when we come back, hopefully we'll be looking ahead to an exciting final day of the season. Yep. Looking ahead to you, hopefully. Um, Amy, thank you so much for joining us today, and you, Manny. Yeah, thank you and, very much. Uh, until the next one, we are all always. It's the 90th minute. All your mates around. You've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Your mates are already booked in for double dipping and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. You in? At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. And there it is, that's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable! Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely, and control vehicle at all times. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.